You know, the church, as we know from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Lord told the disciples, when the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And through the first century of the church, the vast majority of the believers were Jewish. And that gospel proclamation emanated from Jerusalem into the rest of the known world. It's been 2,000 years since that time. And now, for the first time in 2,000 years, the gospel is being proclaimed from Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the rest of the world. And that is why we are here this morning. Now, we've got a, um, uh, a phrase that we've kind of coined for our missions that we, we want to be involved in what God is doing here, near, and far. And I think that's a kind of a principle that, that is, is very good for us to, to look at. But God is beginning to do a fresh work in Israel where Jew and Arab together are coming side by side with one another, beginning to explore the scriptures together to discover what it has to say, what God has to say about Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah, breaking down that middle wall of partition and being united together in a global mission to proclaim the Messiahship of Yeshua around the entire world. Israel College of the Bible is an incredible um, work of God. I was there in May of this past year to see uh, 11 Arab pastors and 11 Jewish pastors who had studied side by side in a master's level pastoral program and develop an authentic, not, not a surface love, but an authentically deep-rooted love for one another and joining in ministry together in their land and for what the implications of that might be in their joining together for the rest of the world. And this morning, you're going to get an opportunity to taste a little bit of what that experience was for me to see those pastors graduate from that program last May. The gentlemen that are going to be with us today are Carlos Damianos. He is an Israeli Arab believer. I'm going to let him tell his story on his own. I met Carlos about three years ago when Wayside was introduced to One for Israel. We met him in his home in Haifa, his wife Natanya, and his oldest daughter who is now six. Uh, they also have a, a, a new daughter as well who is just a little, about two years old. I'm going to let him tell his own story. But Carlos, God has been at work in him mightily, and I think you're going to be blessed by his story. And I met Jonathan Arnold. My goodness, I met you at Moody. When were you at Moody? About six years ago, when I was there for their missions conference, he was studying and has now returned uh, to Israel and has been working with Israel College of the Bible for about 
three years. Both of these young men are called to full-time ministry work, and I'm really excited about what we are going to see. I'd like to start by uh, introducing uh, Carlos's personal testimony. It's going to be kind of fun for you today because Carlos understands English pretty well, but he's more comfortable speaking in Hebrew, so Jonathan is going to translate for him, uh, for you. I'll be translating into English, so, but I think you'll be able to hear Carlos. He'll be speaking in Hebrew. I think with, we all with one voice can say hallelujah. Because he is worthy of all the glory. I want to just uh, tell you a little bit about myself uh, briefly. I'm 36 years old, married to a Jewish woman who was born in Russia. And then she immigrated with her family to Israel about 25 years ago. 16 years, uh, I'm a believer for 16 years now. And seven years ago, I uh, completed my BA studies at Israel College of the Bible. And a year ago, they invited me to join the program of Israeli, Jewish, and Arab pastors together. And I must tell you, it's a blessing for me and a blessing for the family to be able to study together under uh, one roof, together with Jews and Arabs. Uh, Pastors in Israel who serve together. I want to tell you we're at a time right now which is very special in history. A very special time in history. In every uh, history, in every period of history, there is a certain age that we come to, a certain time. And I think uh, that the age we live in right now is especially exciting. Although the frustration that we uh, go through, but we need to look at it through different eyes, through the eyes of God. Through the Bible. What does the word of God say to us? To our generation specifically. What is our responsibility that we have in this generation? And especially for someone Arab like myself, living in Israel, and that God has changed his heart. From the very first day when I was born again, God gave me the gift of evangelism, and since then I've just been telling about Yeshua. And so I I highly value this gift God gave me. And His grace was not given in vain to me. And I use it by faith. And in great confidence in Him. To share the gospel with Jewish people and also with Arab people. And God is good. We see how God is working. 
Before I show you a little bit of what I'm uh, involved in, I just wanted to share something with you. Just a few thoughts about the gift of God. The gift of God, which is life. Our uh, first forefather, Adam, instead of inheriting or passing on life to us, he passed on to us death and a curse. And God has uh, made sure that uh, that he would restore at some point in history the, the original blessing that would come instead of the curse that we've inherited. And he chose in one man, Abraham. And there, uh, in the full force of that uh, uh, gift or that blessing he gave it to him through a promise in order to replace the uh, curse for a blessing and the death for life. In Genesis chapter 22 uh, verse 17 God says there to Abraham for I will bless you and in Hebrew, it's uh, twice there. I will greatly bless you. So it's twice the word blessing. And it has a special uh, uh, meaning. I am not going to only bless you. But it's that great blessing that is going to come upon you and through you. The blessing we receive from God is different than the blessing we can give to each other. It's a great blessing. And it's an eternal blessing. That's why he says it twice. And he says, I will surely bless you. I will greatly bless you. And the verse right after, God says to Abraham, and in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That is an unconditional promise. God who created heaven and earth, who has placed all the stars in their place, and know them all by name, and one of them will not be lost, he chose to deal with a man, a man who was a sinner, and that is Abraham. He chose to enter into humanity through him and to give him uh, the blessing through a promise. And when God says, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed, all the families of the earth, yeah, so it's all the nations of the world or all the families of the earth. Not only the Jewish people, but all of the families of the earth. A, an equal blessing. But it's going to come through your seed. And later we understand that that's of course the Messiah. 
He must come from the woman, the seed of the woman. What God mentioned in the Garden of Eden about the seed of the woman and that is the Messiah. And in uh, the Garden of Eden, God has decreed death for whoever heard that uh, uh, prophecy and that is the ancient serpent, the Satan. He heard there that God through the seed of the woman he will crush the head of the serpent. Then so God reminded Abraham through your seed connecting back to the Garden of Eden I will fulfill my promise. We know that throughout history Satan always wrestled always fought against the Jewish people to try and destroy them. It began with the time of Esther when they were in exile. But even before that, in Egypt, the generation that was born after uh, Pharaoh and Joseph, there was a new generation to, that he decreed to annihilate all of the uh, male uh, children from a particular age. But the one who stood behind the Pharaoh to give that decree is the same serpent who was there in the garden with Adam and Eve. He always tried to create that uh, uh, annihilation of the people, genocide. In order that that seed, the promised seed of the woman would not come. And that is the Messiah. Even in exile. And it came back again 2,000 years ago. When people came from the east, the wise men, and they came to Herod. And they asked, where is the king of the Jews going to be born? Where is he? And Herod made sure that he would find out exactly where he will be born. And that is through the seed of the woman. Miriam who became uh, pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And the prophecies started to be fulfilled one after the other. And after Herod found out, he again decreed to kill all of the babies two years and under. But that's not Herod. But it's the same serpent from the garden that was there before God, in front of God, and in front of Adam and Eve. And he heard his decree, that his death is decreed to him. He knew that he was dealing with God. But my brothers, God was not stressed or anxious because of this. He is fulfilling his prophecies, his promises, and his plan in a wonderful way. That's why I tell you, 
we are in a time, I think if we would have asked the apostles, would you want to live in our time? I think they would have really wanted to. They said, we wish we could. And I think, and we're in that age of the internet. We have planes. We have the New Testament, complete New Testament. Back then, they only had pieces. And slowly, gradually, God would be unfolding his plan. But today, we have everything we need. We have God. We have the blessing and the New Testament. After uh, Yeshua was punished, Jesus was punished, and took, took on himself the punishment and fulfilled everything the prophets has said. He died on the cross. And then he rose again. He uh, showed himself, revealed himself to the 12 apostles. And it said, says in Luke 21, after he was resurrected, or it's uh, chapter 24, he reminds them what the prophets told him, told about him, and then he opened their minds or their eyes to understand the scriptures. Verse 47, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And verse 49, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. So it's important to understand the key of the blessing in this verse. What is the promise of God? The promise of my Father. He didn't talk in the New Testament of the promise of my Father. So many prophecies were fulfilled. But the promise of the Father, that is something different. Yeshua knows this. The promise that he gave Abraham. And that is Genesis 22. In your seed, all of humanity will be blessed. That is the blessing. And that is the promise. And we see that Yeshua told the disciples, I am sending you the promise that my father has promised in days past. But you must stay in Jerusalem. You must wait before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts. John gives us in his gospel another picture, very interesting. And we know that John was very close to Yeshua. It's chapter 20. Verse 21, after he was risen, he came into the room where they were, 
And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Shalom lachem. Um, and as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Just as God has sent me, I am going to send you. But he also breathed on them and gave them a new nature. He gave them the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there is a problem with interpreting this because the, whole, the Holy Spirit is given in the uh, book of Acts. But it's not, it's not a contradiction. But they fulfilled the uh, conditions that Paul teaches about salvation. Paul teaches in Romans 10, whoever believes in Yeshua that he is the son of God and that he died and that he rose, he will be saved. So they fulfilled it. They saw Yeshua, so he breathed on them and they received a new birth. And they became new creations in the kingdom of God. But that's not the final goal, or final purpose of God. God doesn't look only on the 12 apostles, but he has a great plan, a very big plan. What he promised Abraham. All of humanity must enter. And so Yeshua told them, wait in Jerusalem until I go up to my father and I will send you the Holy Spirit so that you be my witnesses. So the Holy Spirit comes in order to be witnesses so that they would be witnesses. The blessing of the Holy Spirit, we could say it's a blessing, it's life, and it's the nature of God, the very character of God. And it's different than death. And Yeshua has promised that the Holy Spirit will remain in the believer forever. So we have the Spirit of God and that is the eternal life and the nature of God, the character of God and the light of God. And that is the glory of God. So, why do I mention these things? Because that is what I believe in the power of the gospel. How can people receive uh, the new life, the Holy Spirit, and the glory of God only through the gospel? We must live, uh, it's demanded of us that we live as uh, witnesses and have a good testimony. But people are not going to be saved through good testimonies. We must preach the gospel through uh, the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of God. 
Because Yeshua who is crucified, he said it is finished. It is finished in him being the a sin, a sinless offering. But also, but finally after this historic struggle, I came to the right place, to the cross, in order to expose Satan and to take away his power. And he died. And then he rose again. So it's not only finished, but it's starting. It's something that only began. And the gospel is in our hearts. Us, Carlos and myself, you, we are uh, earthen vessels, but the treasure is inside of us. This treasure is the gospel. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the gospel of life. It's the light. And it's the blessing. And it's the glory of God. And it's also the spirit of God inside of us. So I briefly just want to show you in this uh, PowerPoint what we do in Israel and the things that we are dreaming to do even in Europe. And we're dreaming to reach every uh, possible place in the world through the work we do in the college because we have the media and we have such great support from you so that we can apply everything that God has given us, your prayers, and that's the most important so that we could fight the good fight and to fulfill uh, the promise of God, the plan of God. Tanya, Carlos's wife, and Carlos next to her, Christina, six years old, Abigail, two and a half years old. I miss them very much, she says. So the calling is to preach the gospel to Jew and Arab, and Arab people and to disciples, so discipleship as well. And that is Carlos's heart, he says, to preach the gospel and to disciple the people who come to faith one on one, to invest in them so that they may be equipped to bring the good news, the gospel, in the power of the Spirit. Uh, he says, we're preaching through festivals uh, out in the open air. So this, this is one of the festivals in Haifa that, that take place uh, once a year. And there are 50,000 Jewish people who come every Saturday during that festival. And it's, isn't that exciting to live in this kind of time? The state of Israel is more than 60 years old. God is doing wonderful things in order to fulfill his purposes. And we take advantage of this. We publicly proclaim the gospel. 
at some point, uh, this is Carlos, he took a microphone in order to preach the gospel in front of hundreds, even thousands of Jewish people there. Some of them resisted, but some were really crying when they heard what he was sharing. And they wanted to correct what they've been, they've been resisting uh, historically, they wanted to now correct it. And some of them came to faith. So this uh, uh, picture on the right is uh, a news agency, an Arab, uh, Arabic-speaking news agency, and they took a picture of Carlos. And when they uh, put it on the internet, they put it on the front page of their internet journal. And uh, a friend of Carlos who's in Houston, 12 years they were disconnected, they didn't talk. But those that leave Israel and go and live abroad, they always go back and check the news to find out what's happening in their city. And, I, and in the past, uh, I influenced that friend uh, uh, in a negative sense. He became a drug addict because of me. But when he saw my picture on the news, he saw the Bible in my hand, and then he saw that I'm proclaiming and speaking out. He called friends in Haifa, and then they told him, Carlos is preaching the gospel, and his life is completely changed. And he took, he got his number, and then they started to talk, and Carlos shared with him the gospel. He was supposed to be here today, but yesterday his wife's uh, father uh, passed away in Mexico. So, but in two days' time, Carlos will meet with him. But I want to tell you, it's exciting, it's thrilling how God is using the media. He has ways to bring people to faith. We are in Israel, and God is opening a door in Houston. Just wants to show you a video, I think, from this uh, festival where he was preaching. But these are people that we preach the gospel to, and they're, and they're Catholic Arabs. And it's important to know that many Arabs in Israel are Catholic, but the Arabs are not all Muslim. But God really, uh, the Catholics and the Muslims are precious to God. So after I preached the gospel, there are several who came and asked that I would pray with them. And these, this is a Muslim uh, woman. And she also came to faith. And this is a, a Jewish man. When I was uh, preaching in uh, the festival, out on the street. So that's my heart. <laughs> to bring the actual gospel, the pure gospel and to focus on the promise of God and on the cross of Yeshua. Yeah, he's the sacrifice and that there is no other way and there's no other, there's no other way through any religion that could bring us close to God except for Yeshua. And he said, I am the way, I am the truth 
I am the life. That's why the Muslims, the Christians, the Hindus, Jewish, everyone, they're all loved by God. But, uh, but no door will be opened to them except the cross. In order to receive life through the cross. That is Yeshua who is crucified. When we believe in him. And we put our trust in that sacrifice. Then the uh, gates of heaven will be opened to us. And we'll be filled with life. And the glory of God will come to us. Because it says in Romans that we are all short, come short of the glory of God. It means we don't have the glory of God. We don't have life. We don't have that glory. That image of God was corrupted in us. But in the Messiah, the glory of God returns to our life. And that is why it says in Corinthians, we are changed from glory to glory. And we grow to become more and more like Yeshua. And that he just asked me to read this verse. So that, that is really expressing his heart. And I pray that we all have this prayer in our hearts. What Habakkuk said to God, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years make known. In wrath remember mercy. That God would revive his work as we heard through the gospel that people would listen and to what you have to tell them and that God would open their hearts that they would receive the gospel and the eternal life and the glory of God. So I just want to finish what we are planning to do. This is the model we use in Israel. Uh, uh, discipleship one-on-one, -on -one, uh, preaching the gospel through conferences. And now God has opened a new door through the college to go one step ahead, forward, through the media to preach the gospel to uh, Christian and Muslim Arabs about the love of God and what the gospel means. Abraham, our father, that he's the father for all of these three religions, but what did he hear from God? That's what I want to focus on. And so we hope to uh, uh, promote that through the media also in Israel and in the, especially in the Arab countries, Muslim countries, that we can't go there ourselves. And also in Europe, to the immigrants. So hoping that God would open doors and to do conf evangelistic conferences and then to preach the gospel in the Arabic language. In uh, Israel, I do uh, conferences and uh, worship 
in Arabic and also in Hebrew. And we have translation. If it's in Arabic, we translate to Hebrew and vice versa. So imagine what kind of blessing this is. So in those conferences, we have both Jews and Arabs. And that's through the help of different congregations in Israel. I'll just finish with this. We are in a time that is very special in history. And I want to challenge you not to uh, receive or keep the faith just simply the way that we've received it maybe, but to overcome fear and to be brave and to tell God, I want to have a part with people who have a heart to uh, uh, bring the gospel, that you would uh, excite me and get me uh, to be on fire through prayer, that my heart would be uh, on fire for those people, that I would want to come alongside them and to continue praying because the door is open here in the United States and in the Middle East. So that is challenging for us. In the Middle East, in Israel, the, the small uh, part of Israel, we have such a special generation. And, and it's a generation willing to, as it were, wear the gospel, to show it to everybody. And in the college, at the college, we live out the gospel. We didn't invent something new. Because Yeshua on the cross, he broke that dividing wall uh, of hostility. Because Yeshua on the cross, he brought the two to be one. And to have one way to the Father, uh, through the Spirit, to the um, Father of uh, the God of our fathers. Amen. Amen. I think, um, I think we wanted to take a few minutes for uh, questions, uh, but afterwards we'll have a time for more questions during a panel. So we just want to maybe take, I don't know if Arlie, do you want to come and uh, help us with that? We'll just get some questions maybe for Carlos and I can uh, translate. Are you encouraged? Guys, we're watching a miracle occur right in front of us. Do not miss what you're seeing and experiencing. If you have a question for Carlos, raise your hand. Don't be bashful. Uh, yes, ma'am. Did you hear the question? Is there any governmental opposition to what is happening here? Okay. <laughs> In Israel, what's special about Israel, although the ultra-Orthodox uh, Jewish community is strong, but uh, the le legally speaking, uh, right now, you can freely express and share your faith with anyone. There's no uh, law that prohibits that. 
and we take advantage of that on the, to the best uh, of our ability. Yeah, just to say that it's, it's, it's uh, the state of Israel has a uh, religious freedom. So legally, there's no uh, prohibition. Again, we do have difficulties, we do have challenges, uh, but legally speaking, there is uh, freedom of religion. So. Great question. Yes, ma'am. The question is, what kind of opposition from the crowd is he heckled or ridiculed when in these, particularly these open-air conferences? That's a good question. In the conferences, no. There's no uh, such opposition from the crowd. Because in those conferences, we really do feel a special presence of God. There's no time right now, but I can show you. People really in those conferences, they, some of them cry throughout the whole conference. Believers and non-believers. But outside, on the streets, there is a, 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 a special presence of God, a blessing, but it's different. So when you saw me here standing and preaching, uh, there was a lady there who really screamed and yelled at me in front of the whole crowd and told me to stop what I was doing. So every time you have a blessing, there is also resistance. But the person who was standing right next to her started crying and said, I feel like it, it's an arrow that just pierced my heart. And I believe in every word that you said, that Carlos said. So there is always resistance, but it's because there is also a blessing and God is at work. So, but it's just different uh, levels maybe, or different ways. Yes, ma'am. The question was, was, was Carlos of, of, a, of a Muslim background? Okay. Is it? Okay. okay. No, he's not. His background is uh, Christian Orthodox. And the, uh, his mother tongue is Arabic. And, and like Carlos, there are many, many, many Christian Arabs. But in the West, I know you get the impression that every Arab is a Muslim. <laughs> But that's not true. Uh, there are many Arabs who are Christian. It doesn't mean they necessarily have a relationship with God or with Yeshua, but they are Christian, at least nominally. So the Arab Muslims and the Arab Christians, just like the Jewish people, they need Yeshua. So we need to have compassion for the Arabs, Christians and Muslims, just as we should have compassion for the Jewish people. And that is the love of God. So. Clarity to that very quickly. I grew up attending church. And I would have classified myself as a Christian. But I was not truly a Christian until I believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua as the permanent atonement for my own personal sins. So when we identify this group as Arab Christian, that's what we're talking about. Not everyone who wears the name Christian is. In fact, I would go as far as to say that most 
are not. Okay? And that's what we're talking about here. One more question. Yes, sir. It's, it's, a, it's a great question, he says. Like there are people who invented for themselves uh, idols or gods. And there are people who are murdering their brothers because of a particular piece of ground. And you can conclude that their god is, for example, money. So just because the Muslims have some sort of historical development, 600 years after the church was born, Muhammad came with a kind of good news of that sort, of a gospel, to present God in a different way. Most of us know Islam through the sword. But if they pray with their whole hearts and they pray truly to the true who is truly the real God, then God will reveal himself to them. Just as for a Jewish man also praying to God, but sometimes he would invent a God of for himself. But if he prays with his whole heart, God will lead him to the truth and lead him to the true God. So there is only one God, true God. But many religions invent different idols and gods for themselves. And behind them are demonic forces often. I just want to tell you, thank you so much, Carlos. It's not you, it's God within you. You have clearly been anointed by God, and I think you have challenged everybody here. 